Good morning, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of the Painting Pictures podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'll be your host. Well, here we are in November, and uh, we're in the middle of a, of a new selection process in the United States. Pretty exciting stuff. I love how we all knew somehow that... Uh, that the results just weren't going to be in the next day. And that was, everybody knew that. That's just how it was going to be. We, they weren't going to be able to count all these mail-in ballots in time. So we were going to have to wait. And now we're going to have some lengthy, who knows what, back and forth process with with Donald Trump suing the the, I don't know, the Democratic Party, the the polling stations. I don't really understand how it's going to work, but it's going to be a circus. And then maybe finally we'll get some more like staged white supremacist violence in the streets or something like that. I don't know, but none of that happened out here in Craftsbury, fortunately. My sister did get physically like sort of grabbed and assaulted by a poll station employee because she wanted to put her ballot in the box without wearing a mask and um, apparently that was (laughs) really set somebody off um, to the point that she was chased out of the (laughs) the town hall by some woman who wanted to assault her basically um I guess she wasn't afraid of the six-foot distancing uh, being close to an unmasked person because she was doling out sweet justice. <laughs> Just wanted to get on here real quick this morning and and say that um, we're coming into the holiday season, and I hope you're all excited about Thanksgiving and Christmas and getting together with friends and family. In case you're wondering how to, you know, go about your Thanksgiving in the era of COVID, there's a really helpful set of guidelines put out by California's Governor Gavin Newsom. First of all, your gatherings all need to take place outdoors, so hopefully it'll be a nice evening. Um, it might be a little chilly out here in Vermont, but you know, whatever we need to do to stop the, to slow the spread, we can't. Everyone knows we can't stop the spread. But we're still trying to slow the spread um, of COVID-19. So it might be 30 degrees and snowing or something like that. But that's all right. We'll be outside. We'll just put some sweaters on. Of course, we'll be wearing masks. We'll be able to drop our masks when we fork in our, our turkey and stuffing. And then put the, ideally, you'll put the mask back up while you chew. And again, you can pinch it down and give yourself a sip of red wine, but then put it back up. No more than three households getting together, so if you've got a big family, you're just going to have to make some decisions about that and just get into get into pods. Just separate your family a little bit. Just decide who do you really like the most and exclude those people that you don't really like all that much. Let them get together. And maybe you guys can have a Zoom call. You know, maybe everybody can get on Zoom. Hopefully your Wi-Fi reaches to your outside area. 
Of course, people are allowed to go into your house to use the restroom. You're just going to want to be sure that you sanitize your restroom after everybody goes in there. So Uncle Tom goes in, takes a pee on his way out. You say, all good, Uncle Tom. He says, yes, and you go in. Just get up from your Thanksgiving dinner and go get a bottle of bleach or something toxic and noxious and spray it all over your bathroom, wipe it down real good, and then come back out and um, put your hands into your food and eat some more food. Most importantly, according to Mr. Newsom, is when it comes to Thanksgiving singing and chanting, um, really, if you can, just avoid it altogether. Um, you don't really need to sing songs or do any chants. I'm not really sure what uh, Thanksgiving chanting he's referring to, but please avoid that if possible. And if you have to sing or chant, of course, wear your mask and do so softly. Um, the last thing we want is a bunch of people getting together and singing. <laughs> So I'm really looking forward to Thanksgiving. I think that sounds like a lot of fun, really. It'll be different, you know. It'll be different. Um, so that's the that's the news on on Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know how we get out of this, except for people individually saying that they've had enough of it. They're tired of it. But if you're trapped in this narrative, then you can't do that very easily. The way they've got you trapped is that if you say anything about you being tired of COVID-19 or tired and sick of wearing a mask or not being able to see your parents or not being able to hug your friends or not being able to go inside other people's homes or whatever, then you have to uh, somehow fight off the label of being a, a Trump supporter. And that's what's so interesting about this election process. I'm not really sure what... So it looks like Biden's going to win. It looks like these mail-in ballots that are supposedly taking days and days to count when they could count all hundreds of thousands of of the regular ballots that night. Um, it's taking them days to count these mail-in ballots, and they're still coming in, even though they're all supposed to be in by election day. Whatever. I don't care. Obviously, I don't care if Donald Trump doesn't get elected, but what happens when Biden does get elected? Um, then we're still going to be thrown into the... Trump camp? I guess I'm wondering what excuse do do we have left for for things like not going well or for um, people dying, you know, or the pandemic continuing, the pandemic raging on. I guess we'll still have the memory of Trump, and so we can still we can still call people Trump supporters and blame them. But it'll be interesting to see as we go forward, like, do we move into a more unified society that just simply accepts that we humans are a threat to each other and to planet Earth, and we need science to protect us from deadly viruses, and 
we no longer maybe need the two-party paradigm trap to keep us sniping at one another. Maybe by the time Biden comes in, we're all just totally broken down and acceptant of the new normal and the new reality, which is that human beings, human beings just, um, you know, can't, can't interact with each other anymore. We can't get together in big groups and we have to wear masks all the time. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, um, what happens if, if, when, if, and when good old, good old Joby gets in there. What do we have to gripe about anymore? Or who do we have to blame? Or do we then now they, I think maybe they just figure we've all gotten our spirits broken enough by this and our brains stirred enough. If by now they got us through this, they were able to get us through this entire summer of people not dying in the hundreds of thousands and us still accepting the mask wearing and also with the clear picture of what this vaccine looks like, which is frightening and dangerous. And even if it does quote unquote work, which is now deemed to be if 50% of the people that get it have experienced a reduction in symptoms. So if half the people that get the virus or get the vaccine when they get sick from COVID don't get quite as sick from COVID, then the vaccine is a thumbs up. (laughs) That's good enough. Roll that sucker out, force everybody to take it. But we know that it doesn't, it's not going to stop you from getting the virus and it's not going to stop you from transmitting the virus. So you're still going to have to wear a mask and social distance. (laughs) See, so now it's like, but no one's like, hey, wait, what the fuck? I thought that the vaccine was going to let us go back to normal. Now it's like, oh, no, you can't, you can't say that. We can't even, we can't even talk about how different the goalposts are, what a completely different location things are in now that went from in two weeks, you can go back to normal and we're never going to stop this virus anyway. Just going to try to keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed to you're going to have to wear a mask for the rest of your life and get vaccinated every year. And we're never going to be able to gather in large groups or touch people again. Maybe in three years. I've heard some fucking asshole who lives in Vermont on NPR talking about how he sees it. You know, that the the vaccine isn't going to isn't going to do anything and we're going to reach herd immunity with or without the vaccine. But of course, it makes perfect sense to to try to develop the vaccine, he says, and uh, try to invent a solution to this to this crisis. But it's probably not going to get here in time. So by the what did he say by the end of 2021 the end of next calendar year will probably have reached herd immunity where this virus has has sort of burned out i don't know what the hell he's basing that on but then after that um 
there's still going to be a period of, of readjustment. So basically we'll, we'll look at somewhere in maybe 2022 that things will sort of get back to normal. And people, you know, in the United States, they just need to grow up, is what he said. We just need to grow up and accept that these things have pandemics happen. And yeah, tough luck. A bunch of people are going to starve and lose their jobs, but that's just the unavoidable consequences of this thing. And we're just going to sit on our hands and wait for epidemiologists to tell us, eh, go ahead and go back to to normal. So we don't have our own metrics. How do we get out of this when we don't have our own metrics and we don't have a concept of what the authorities' metrics are for this thing being over? The closest thing I've got right now is that when there are no new cases of COVID-19. And... That, of course, is based on a a genetic manufacturing technique that, with enough cycles, can pretty much turn up any fragment of anything in anybody, especially something that is highly contagious and has been circulating in the population for a year now around the entire world. The idea that we'll reach a point where it's not there. Nobody thinks that's realistic. <laughs> Nobody thinks that that makes any sense. And yet we're okay with that being the goal. Because, again, we're trapped. We cannot question it. We cannot question what's going on without our entire paradigm coming unraveled. At least that's the way it's that's the way it's framed. If you questioned it, that question it, then you must believe in satanic baby-eating congressmen or you must be a racist. <laughs> <clears throat> and so we we just we just go along with it. Because I don't want to be a, associated with satanic baby-eaters. I definitely, the last thing I want is to be called a racist. I would rather live my entire life wearing a mask and force my little over the age of two-year-old children to wear masks for the rest of their lives than to be for somebody else to think that I'm a racist. (laughs) That's a clear choice. for That's an easy decision, Right? There could be nothing worse than somebody thinking that you are a racist. It's just astounding. It's absolutely astounding to me how easy it is to to play this off and to get people now to the point where, again, you don't need to have a consistent narrative. You don't need to be referencing any facts. The CDC has been telling us that only 10% of the population has been infected with SARS-CoV-2 since June. That's what they said back in June when people first started saying, hmm, like, why don't we just do what Sweden did and let this thing go? Like, at a certain point, don't we have to just let the young and healthy people get this and develop natural immunity to it to protect the rest of the population? and get to herd immunity. And since June, 
these buffoons have been saying, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't just let it rampage through our population. Look, antibody tests show that only 10% of our population has been infected. So that means 90% is still completely vulnerable. And if you take the death rate of 0.26% and apply it to 90% of the population, then millions of people are going to die. So let's stay locked down or pretend that we're locked down. That's the annoying thing. This whole wearing masks and distancing and not touching each other is such a fucking farce. Everybody that's doing it still wants to hang out with people and still wants to go out and eat and still wants to get together and like see their friends and like and so all they have to do is wear a mask and not shake hands and not hug. But they're still doing everything else and just pretending that oh because we're wearing masks and we're not hugging each other we're somehow keeping this thing at bay. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, since June, they've been saying 10% of the population, only 10% of the population is infected. And yet since June, we're having, I don't know, how, what, do we, what do we have? Eight, like thousands and thousands and thousands of new cases and record numbers of new cases every day. And yet in October, head of the CDC in front of Congress says, well, still... Only 10% of the population is infected. And so we can't just let this virus run rampant. Oh, and by the way, everybody really needs to embrace this mask. And I would venture to say that this will protect me more than a vaccine from COVID. So what, what, what of all these hundreds of thousands of new cases... Why hasn't the needle moved on the, the 10%? It's just basic math that nobody <laughs> is doing because they don't want to admit that the CDC is lying to us and the WHO is lying to us. They just can't go there. They just can't go there. And that's where you're going to have to go. I Or not. I mean, or you just don't have to go there and you just say, hmm, I'm a human and I want to do human things. Um, but no, you're constantly reminded of the reality with this whole mask bullshit. That's the insidious thing about it. It's constantly keeping us in this fear pandemic mode, continually reminded of it everywhere we go because everybody's wearing masks and continuing this lie that it somehow is the socially responsible thing to do to cover your fucking face and not touch people. So I don't know. I don't know how you get out of it if you don't, if you can't admit that, that we're being lied to by public health agencies, um, then you have to just not be, see, that's the problem is people, the people that are clinging to this the hardest are some of the most intelligent people in the world or, or whatever <laughs> that I know. <laughs> and so 
the reason they're clinging it to it so hard is because as soon as they allow this crack of that the CDC is fucking lying to us, then their large, intelligent brains that have absorbed a lot of information, done a lot of reading, will suddenly make all of these connections and all of this other shit will will fall apart. And they're just not ready to do that. So I get that. But the other angle that um, I think is a more reasonable argument, and maybe you don't have to, maybe you can just say, oh, maybe the guys at the CDC have it wrong, or maybe they've got sort of an incomplete picture. And maybe you can take this angle of like, hmm, science is developing, and maybe we don't fully understand viruses, just like we thought all bacteria was bad like 40 years ago, and we're killing people by antibiotic dosing the shit out of them and trying to destroy all bacteria in their body and create a sterile human body and people were dying hmm maybe not all bacteria is bad maybe a similar thing is going on with viruses right maybe they just don't understand it completely and so that's i think a more reasonable angle and the other thing that people get hung up on is this, oh, well, why did all these people die this year then? If, if it's not such a big deal, why did all these people die? It's like, hmm, I don't know. Let's see. A lot of people died this year in the United States and around the world, right? I wonder why. Do you think it could have anything to, to do with the fact that we've been poisoning our water, our food, and our air and radiating ourselves with electromagnetic frequencies at a much higher rate than ever before. And do you think it could have something to do with the fact that the baby boomer generation, which is still the the biggest, largest age group in the population of the whole world, and especially like Western countries where we're playing the the coronavirus game the, the hardest, is turning 70, 71, 72 this year. So perhaps that has something to do with the fact that a bunch more people are dying. But no, it couldn't have anything to do with the fact that we're putting cancer-causing glyphosate on all of our crops or that our bodies are poisoned from whatever shit heavy metals are in our water supply or whatever nasty pollution is in the air or how much freaking cell phone and computer radiation we're all getting blasted with no nothing to do with that must be this new deadly virus that's the that's the lie right just just t- put off push any responsibility for health off of our industries and off of our personal choices and put it squarely on some invisible virus. It's kind of an easy excuse. And it's the same thing with illness. It's the whole germ theory, right? Like, oh, no, you got sick. You got a virus, you poor baby. Oh, God. You were going along just fine, and then some fucker came up and coughed near you, and now you're sick. No, it doesn't work that way. They did studies where they tried to pass the 1918 flu from really sick and dying soldiers to completely healthy healthy soldiers, and it just didn't work. They were having them cough in each other's mouths. 
and they were scraping out saliva and mucus and injecting it in the healthy people, and they didn't get sick. It's just not that simple. You get sick from something that you have encountered, some sort of toxic thing that your body is dealing with, and it's not as simple as not coming into contact with the virus and you don't get sick or coming into the contact with the virus and you get sick. But that's the that's the lazy, easy way out. So we don't want to, we get sick and instead of thinking, God, maybe I shouldn't have drank all that whiskey the other night or stayed up until 3 a.m. Um, it's like, no, that fucking redneck probably without a mask got too close to me and that's why I'm sick. And so it's kind of, that's another trap for people, right? They don't want to take responsibility for their health. And the industries that are poisoning our food and our airwaves and our air that we breathe and our water supply, they certainly don't want people to start asking questions about all the shit that's going on and wondering if maybe it's getting them sick. No, much better to have them just blame it on Blame it on the virus. <laughs> Blame it on the virus. Oh, hundreds of thousands of people starving to death this year. That's a virus. Too bad, huh? Hundreds of thousands of small businesses closing, never to reopen again. That's a virus. Too bad. Somebody getting sick and feeling sick for months, man, was the virus. Couldn't have anything to do with you being fucking stressed out or not getting enough sleep for years. <laughs> no, it was this virus. And if it hadn't come along, everything would have been great. <laughs> like, really? You really think if this virus hadn't come along, all these people that died, which, by the way, the average age of death of COVID is the same as the life expectancy for that population. Wherever you look around the world where people are dying, the average death age, age of mortality from COVID-19 is the same or greater than the average life expectancy for that same population. Which, by the way, in the United States just started going down for the first time since, like, whatever, the 20th century a couple years ago. So is that factored into this whole excess mortality thing? The fact that we're now on a downward trend where people are going to start dying younger and younger? So, I don't know, folks. Just just putting those... Putting those things out there, these are these are the traps that have been laid for us. And I think I think it's falling apart though. It's definitely falling apart. You have now this whole great Barrington declaration, right, where you've got thirty or forty thousand doctors and health professionals signing on. And you've got epidemiologists from Stanford and Harvard and Oxford saying that this is ridiculous and the best approach is for young people to get out and resume life as normal and try to get this virus. If you believe that a virus causes disease, the best thing for us to do, 
Or even if you believe, as I do, that viruses can cause disease but also are an important part of our evolution, then we all want it. We all want to continue being humans together, and we want to continue evolving. And the best way to do that is to uh, interact with one another as human beings, not as automatons between screens. That's the thing is this isn't this is not going to change. It's not suddenly going to be totally safe again, quote unquote, to mingle with people. This really is for some ridiculous creatures that think they're running this show and want to change the way humanity exists and interacts. This is really and truly the new normal. And it's going to be easier and easier now to revive, in some cases, revive this viral threat. This is not the last one. Right? Everybody knows that, right? First of all, that this is not going to end. They're never going to get up and say, okay, go back to normal. No, this is the new normal. This is how we are now supposed to interact with one another. On the screen. And we're going to have cultural rituals that are that are facsimiles of things in the past. We're going to have Thanksgiving and we'll, we'll pantomime or allude to things that we used to do. We'll have football games with crowd noise piped in, and in a few generations, a couple generations, people won't even know the sound of real crowd noise. They'll only have heard the piped-in version. There won't be any real... The rituals and (laughs) traditions will all just harken back to the way things used to be, and then eventually all the people that actually experienced the way things used to be will have passed away and will just be referencing (laughs) will just be referencing cultural events or whatever I don't know it's a weird it's a weird concept but that really is that really is where this is headed and so at some point you're just going to have to decide if that's what you want or not like, do you want people to be wearing masks all the time? Do you want there to be less pubs and bars and restaurants? Do you want to be spending more time in your home in front of a computer? Do you want to be more reliant on Amazon to supply you with uh, your things? And do you want to carry on in this new pseudo culture just referencing the good old the good old days for the rest of your life until nobody's actually can physically remember the good old days i hate to be doomsday but that's the way a lot of people have seen this from the very beginning and that's what gave me such a strong reaction back in march when this happened is this is not about this virus you guys This is about this great reset. 
And it's not about making more money because the banks were doing just fine. Right? The, the, the tycoons of industry were doing just fine. They were at the bottom of a fucking funnel where all of our money was pouring down their throats. Right? <laughs> they were firmly positioned there spread out fat as toads with their mouths open sucking in all of our money there were no leaks you know there were maybe a couple leaks where like if some random people on etsy were managing to scratch out a living by selling fucking handmade baskets or something like that but by and large all of the money was flowing into their gaping maws so this is not about making more money Okay, if it was about making more money, then people would still be going out to football games and spending 120 bucks on their tickets. This is about changing the way humanity interacts with one another. It's about breaking up the family structure. It's about making people into lonely, isolated, thoughtless robots. And it's about creating a world that is completely automated where there is an internet of things. This is something that they've been, legislature has been passed since 2015. Vermont's own Peter Welsh, our state representative, authored a bill recently about prioritizing and securing the internet of things. This is where smart devices and the whole smart grid Everything is controlled by computers. We don't need people. And the whole system runs automatically. Right? And people are just little cogs that fit into that and go around where they're supposed to go to their little workplaces or whatever. But everything is completely controlled. And you've got a fucking senator from Vermont authoring a bill that literally says how to prioritize and secure the internet of things in the middle of a fucking pandemic. What <laughs> if you don't if you don't see an agenda here then you're sleepwalking. Okay? This isn't about a virus. 22% of the dollars in circulation right now have been printed since COVID hit, right? These things that are happening are not, we're, we're going to be off of cash. We're going to be off of the paradigm where you do business and, and actually require people to pay attention to you or choose your product to make money. This is all of the banks in the whole world getting together and pressing the reset button and changing, doing away with that whole paradigm where people and their individual choices and their actions and the things that they feel good about are what you need to tap into in order to make money. It's going, it's just going past that where people are completely controlled and populations are getting sicker and dying and dwindling. And I don't know. And then you just have artificial intelligence running the show we'll see <laughs> but uh anyway that's that's all i got i gotta i gotta go to work 
It's fucking Friday. Happy Friday. By the way, I'm totally off the coffee wagon, like 100%. I'm now, uh, the, the last time I talked to you on the podcast, maybe I had one more day where I didn't drink coffee. Now I've been drinking coffee every day since then, and I love it. And I just have to stand, after I pee, I just have to stand there for like 30 seconds and totally relax and let that last little bit of pee come out instead of putting my wee-wee back in my pants and walking away and having it dribble down my leg. I don't know, any tips for that? How to get that pee to just come out with the rest of it? Uh, And now basically I consider myself a saint and successful if I don't have two cups of coffee a day, which I've done a pretty good job with. But today, it's Friday. I'm going to have a second cup of coffee. Thanks for listening, folks. If you have any questions, send an email to gaberoberts at gmail.com. The website for the podcast is gaberobertsart.com. And I appreciate your attention. I love you dearly. And happy Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you before then. See you next time. Adios.